0: the man it's all a cut to Richard Herring! <clears throat>
1: The voice of a spider on schools TV in about 1993, but the tape went wrong and they had to record it with someone else doing it. So hello and welcome to another episode of the show that all the funky monkeys are calling AIOTIMA. AI AI That's right, it's the internet stand-up and sketch show about what's happened to me or things I've thought about in the preceding seven days that I write on the Sunday, record on the Monday, and make available to download on the Tunday as I'm renaming Tuesday in order to create a catchy advertising slogan for the show. Yeah, fuck you, Chew! Why should, why should you still have a day named after you? No one remembers you or knows who you are or what you did and would have to look you up on Wikipedia to discover you were the old English god of law and war, the British version of the Norse god Tyr, or the proto-Germanic god Tiwaz. Which means in proto-Germania, Tuesday is Tiwaz day. Tuesday is Tiwaz, never a day to miss Cause Tuesday is Tiwaz day. Now if the show was run um if this show was run by a committee of executives someone would probably have said
2: Rich do you think it's wise to do a joke that depends on the audience knowing about an obscure proto-germanic god and also being aware of the theme tune to the 1970s children's TV show, Tis Was.
1: I do think it's wise. I think it is an extremely funny
0: joke. Yeah, but I mean, if you look at this Venn diagram, you'll see that the subset of the set of people who know the names of proto-Germanic gods, I've called them A here, with the set of people aware of the theme tune of the 1970s kid show, Tis Was. What have you called that I've called set? them B. B. <laughs> uh, that subset is tiny. Yeah,
2: yeah, and in fact, from our focus groups, most people don't know about our... Either Proto-Germanic gods or tis was his theme. So
0: on the Venn diagram, where's their, the or, circle of? Well, focus? they're I mean, well they're represented by the set E, which is everything outside of the two namesets sets A and B. Thus requires no circle okay. of its own. Yeah,
2: I mean, just in case you think this meeting might be worth turning into a sketch, I should add that the subset of people who know about Proto-Germanic gods, 19th children's TV theme tunes, and Venn diagrams. <laughs> That's even smaller still.
1: I don't care comedy executives I don't obey your rules I think out there somewhere is one student of proto-Germanic gods who also loved Tizwas as a kid and who likes jokes about Venn diagrams who is laughing their head off right now and when it comes to A.I. Ottoma it's more important to have one person laughing a lot than everyone laughing a bit which turns out it's quite fortunate that we have that policy. It's, uh, It's
2: that maverick attitude coupled with the fact that you Write overlong sketches about subjects no one could be interested in. That's the reason you're never going to get back on the telly. Please,
1: please let me be on the
0: telly. I just want to be on the telly. I'll do anything to be on the telly. Will you drop the two as day joke
2: and the ensuing three-minute sketch about the fictional executive <laughs> meeting about the joke?
1: I'm sorry. I can't. I, I have too much integrity. To do. I owe it to that one man in the tiny intersection in those three sets. To you keep it.
2: and your pointless principles, Herring. Let's get Paddy McGuinness instead. Seriously,
1: though, why are we allowing one of our days, there are only seven of them, why are we naming after Chew? At least call it Jesus Day or Alliday and name it after a current made-up god, not some, not some Anglo-Saxon failed one. I hate Chew, he is a cunt.
3: <laughs>
4: As it occurs to me, he wrote the script on Sunday, recorded it on Monday, made available to download on Tunday, and you can listen to it on one day, or Thunday, or Funday, or, or Saturday, yeah.
1: Now you just, uh, you're just taking the piss there, Christ. Uh, unlike the to t- 2, uh, Woden, Thor, Frigg and Saturn deserve days named after them, especially Frigg. Uh, she, she had to put up a lot of name calling uh, through, her, through her life. Though it would be cool if Friday was called Fun Day, wouldn't it? That would be, I'd quite like that. Though it
0: would be confusing if Thursday was called Fun Day. So I was thinking, yeah, you mean should maybe go out.
2: Oh, that'd be nice.
0: Are you free on Thunday? Thunday? No, Thunday. Sunday. N- no, Thunday. Oh, Thunday. No, Thunday. Monday, Sunday, One day, Thunday. Sunday. Sorry, were you agreeing Thunday or continuing the progression saying Sunday? No,
2: I was saying Thunday.
0: <laughs> oh, right, look. I want to meet on Thunday, T-H, Thunday. What mm. used to be called Thursday?
2: Right, it'd make it a lot easier if you just went back to the old system. Why did they even change it?
0: Well, I looked it up on Wikipedia and it <laughs> was for a jingle for an obscure internet comedy show.
3: Oh,
1: well, um,
0: if nothing else,
1: now we know who most of the days of the week are named after. Uh, if you're wondering, Sunday and Monday were named after those oldest of gods, the sun and the moon. There. We're, l- we're laughing and learning tonight. <laughs> Mainly learning in this section. <laughs> But let's take advantage of this hiatus to introduce you to our Sony Award losing actors <laughs> whose voices you just heard in that hilarious fun day, fun day sketch and amazingly also in the executive sketch, the same actors. It's incredible, isn't it, the way the range is Dan Tetzel on TV's Emma Kennedy and also doing the jingles and the guitar, Christian Riley. <laughs>
0: Hello, good evening Hello. and welcome.
1: How do you, Alan? Uh, how do you do that with the different? How'd you come it's up with the different voices for well, the different? You well, know, it's just,
0: it's just magic, Richard. I don't want to. I don't want to pull magic? the curtain back. I don't want to pull the curtain back okay. too far. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Why have you got that a curtain a around <laughs> the top
0: of your trousers?
1: <laughs> um, anyway, He's Wizard of Oz. <laughs> do um, you uh, have any funny stories about that happened to you this week? Well,
0: last week I left this show here, yeah. where we were playing to about this size of audience. And uh, I went to my house in Hammersmith, my home, my flat, where I live, you know, with uh, my family. And uh, there was thousands of people pouring out of the station. And I realized it was the flight of the Concords gig at the Apollo. Oh my God, Rich, there were were thousands of them. and They were were attractive, and some of them were women, and and none of them had to send off for their t-shirts. They just bought them from a shop. (laughs) It was was a different world. It was just a different world.
2: One day. I've, uh, I've actually worked with The Flight of the Conquers, yeah? yeah, I was in the, the original radio series, I played Brett's Girlfriend, that was a lovely job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and which bit of the American series were you in? No, I wasn't in that. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs>
3: Anything, um... got. <laughs>
1: uh, Brett, he lent me his guitar once. Did he? Yeah, Edinburgh Festival. Two thousand. Is, is that is it the guitar you've got yeah, now? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> It'd be yeah, worth a lot yeah, of money. It's a lucky guitar. I, <laughs> is that? I met you right after I got it. Yeah. Enough talking <laughs> about flight <of> the Concords <laughs> <laughs> uh, Very good,
3: though, are not they? Yeah, they're very, very Stuart, good. Stuart Lee
1: told me last night they copied off some other band from the 1980s in New Zealand. Anyway, I wish I could remember the name. Uh, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I really like Flight of the Conqueror, so well. I don't know, I just admitted that. Never mind. Um, uh, Christ, have you got any
5: um, stories
3: <laughs> for us? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> have you been lying in an alcoholic oh. stupor all week? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, good, good oh man. well, nothing
1: uh, It's good to know... <laughs> He's been writing a lot of very difficult jingles uh, over yes. the last two hours. Yeah, we'll I give, give him them to that. him very late, I have to say. Uh, anything happened to you, Emma?
2: Yes, uh, I, uh, I've been doing uh, some... Uh, I'm writing the follow-up to Tent, the Bucket and Me, uh, which is going to be set in 1989 and is about when I was in America and, and I was trying to get from San Francisco to New York. And the, the original plan... Uh, was that I was going to go to New York... Go, sorry, go to San Francisco and work there for three months and then make my way over to New York. But the way it turned out... Because di- I didn't have a job to go to when I was there. And it was all a bit of a disaster. And it took me three months to actually get a job. And I couldn't even get a job at McDonald's. And I was desperate. and I was with my best friend. And um, uh, I, I should explain before I get to the, this point that, that, that the best friend I was with, she's, she's given me the diary that she kept during uh, that time, which I've been using extensively. And we, uh, we're absolutely desperate at this point. Bear in mind, we've, we haven't had any work for three months. We've got no money. I think between us in our pockets, we've got about $15. We're absolutely desperate. And we saw this um, English fish and chip shop in San Francisco. And we thought, well, of course, they're going to want some English girls to work there. We know about fish and chips. <laughs> We know everything there is to know about fish and chips. Of course they're going to want us. They didn't. Um, and there was this bowl next to uh, the door. And as I was leaving, uh, fortune cookies, and I took two. And <laughs> I'd completely forgotten about this. But um, the, the, the two fortune cookies that we broke open, the, the, the little strips inside, were stuck into my friend's. A diary, and I read them for the first time since 1989. And hers was something like, you know, you have, you have extreme physical prowess. And mine was, bad luck and misfortune will haunt you for all eternity.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you, Emma. Uh, you mawkish sperm gargler, I forgot to say earlier. Uh, anyway. Um, you guys, you may remember that last week I offered to hire each of you out for £85, 12 a day to any listener with a cold, hard cash. Yeah. Uh, this, as you may be aware, led to some problems with the News of the World journalists. Uh, we'd just um, like to
0: point out that none of the cast had any idea that Richard Herring was accepting money in order to get us work. Well,
2: <laughs> you were on stage when
0: I said no. it, you were yeah, right no. here. But
2: even so, yep. we clearly had no idea what was going on, and I want to make it clear right now that Prince Andrew knew nothing about absolutely it not. at all. He is whiter than white. He's a Prince of England. Why would he need a cut of £85 and 12 pence? He wouldn't. he wouldn't. That's the answer. He wouldn't. He, That's he, wouldn't. Why? he
1: just definitely wouldn't. Prince Andrew was never going to get any of that £85.12 pence. It's clear he's innocent in this and knew nothing about it at all. And in any case, as it happened, we got absolutely no interest in hiring any of you out. What? Even God. as common whores. What? Uh, <laughs> On a more positive note, we didn't get any trouble from the CPS for my repeated claims I was going to blow Robin Hood Airport sky high, so clearly the CPS don't listen to this podcast, so if any terrorists want to give a kind of gentlemanly warning about their next atrocity, then do get in touch for just uh, £85.12. pence. We will give a vague indication of roughly where and when your next attack will take place.
0: And will Prince Andrew get any of that money?
1: Oh, God, no, no. no, he's, a, no. He's, a pr- he's a prince of England. There's no suggestion. I want to make it clear that he would take money from a podcast that was offering a vague warning scheme to potential terrorists. His his hands are clean on this one. Uh, He wouldn't do that. Uh, Anyway, it's been a very uh, hard week. This is actually, as I mentioned before uh, to the audience, is my fourth podcast in four days I've been falling asleep on my sofa in the afternoon, I'm very tired, I've been stretched I'm not saying I've been spreading myself too thin I've been spreading myself too thin so what is coming up is a look at, a look at my week in what essentially is going to be freeform jazz because I didn't really have time to write this page, when you check out on the website you'll see when I put the script up there's just nothing on this page <laughs>
2: There's nothing. so look, let's see look. what comes up that, that is what we're on now that's it
1: Let's go, Emma. Have it. <laughs> remember to say, you need to know which days you're going to say. I remember,
2: Sunday.
1: Right, the, uh, <laughs> the worst day of my career so far when I was drinking a coffee outside Euston Station and a man came up to me and said, Excuse me, are you Andrew Collins? <laughs> I wanted to shout at him, No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm seeing, you know how I felt. <laughs> not yet, it's not that yeah. Anyway, I wanted to shout to him, no, I'm not Andrew Collins, I'm not, have, no one's Andrew Collins, it's not. But then he gave me a Cafe Nero card with one stamp on it, which kind of made me a tramp, worth one ninth of the price of a cup of coffee, which still, I was more upset by being mistaken for Andrew Collins. Fun day. <laughs> Uh, I discovered on Sunday uh, that uh, men who eat one sausage a day are 20% more likely to get colon cancer uh, just by eating ones, which is great news uh, for me, because I've always been too scared to appear brave and sexy by going on a motorbike or becoming a soldier or getting into fights and stuff. But now all I have to do is rush up to a woman, stuff five sausages in my mouth and eat them, and say, I've got a 100% chance of colon cancer now. How do you like that? Pretty sexy, baby. And all the women will be right after me, I'm telling you.
2: Saturday.
1: I tuned in to the last 30 minutes of BBC One's prolonged free advert for Andrew Lloyd Webber.
3: Uh,
1: and I think he gets paid for it as well. That's even better. Let's imagine an advert that you get paid for. Yeah, Over the rainbow. I'm, I'm quite annoyed because I haven't seen any of this series before, And I realised I was watching, I put it on uh, the red button, you could put the words up, and I was singing along. And I'd been, I wish I'd would been quite a good Dorothy, I think. I, would, I think they should open up to 42-year-old fat men. It's otherwise... It's not fair. Uh, in the, if you don't know if you saw it, Danielle, who I don't know who she was, because I hadn't watched before, beat Sophie, who I didn't know. If anything, Sophie was slightly more attractive than Danielle. If, if I'd had to get a blowjob off one of them, I'd have gone for Sophie, she looked dirtier than Danielle. <laughs> Uh, but uh, to be honest if either of them had come and said we'll give you a blowjob I'd have said alright yeah well give, we'll give it a try and see how it works out <laughs> uh, but um, Danielle she won but she reacted to the news that she'd won like it was the most she just screamed like it was the most unlikely thing that had ever happened in the world there were only two of them it was 50-50 I mean, at the best she'd gone oh, oh yeah well I suppose it was It was more likely than I was making out there with my Anyway, that's uh, <laughs> Impro Freeform Jazz, about the week.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah,
1: it's you now. <laughs> okay, Perfect, I was
4: waiting for the With big laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: thought... Uh,
1: oh, there it is. Well, it's... Uh, lucky, uh, lucky we don't do that on your story of what's happened to you in the week, isn't it? <laughs> uh, or oh, we'd be here all day. <laughs>
4: As it occurs to me, as the first series wore on, it began to get boring. But the first show of series two, it's just awful. It's embarrassing (laughs) to hear a talent apparently unaware that all wit has left him in this format. I only hope Richard tries something different next week. Because the staples catalogical sweary repetition is getting very tired. He often says you can't expect something polished because the show is written fresh. Based on the previous week's experience, but when the result flips from okay to barely listenable, maybe there is some fault with the farmer.
1: Thank you. Um that was a uh, return to our popular iTunes review section. Now, that, was, uh, that was only part of quite a long review. <laughs> Those are the selected highlights from someone called Virgilio Anderson, which is... <laughs> Possibly not his real name. Hoping I'd try something new apart from the scatological swearing stuff I do every week. Hope you enjoyed the change of direction with the stuff about obscene, obscure and obscene uh, proto-Germanic gods. Virgilio. that was for you. Uh, And if you didn't like it, then you're a fucking jizz-gargling motherfucking with a pumpkin full of feces of at least five men on your head.
2: Sunday.
1: Saturday. What a glorious... Saturday. It's confusing. It's a confusing system. I think we should stick with the old... What a glorious weekend of sunshine the United Kingdom has had. And you can imagine how delighted I was that I was going to have to spend Saturday and Sunday indoors trying to write this cack. Uh, it reminded me of those early days of uh, summer days of 1985 when I was inside revising for my A-levels in cheddar, my books and folders, piled in front of me, gazing out the window at the other kids, the free kids, cycling around in the sunshine, not caring the world. I envied them, their freedom. My mum said to me, Richard,
2: it'll be worth it. Those kids may be having fun now, but they aren't as clever as you and won't get the opportunities you'll get. If you'll do well in these exams then your world will be your oyster. You'll be able to do anything you like. Yours will be the earth and everything in it and you'll be able to play in the sunshine for the rest of your days.
1: But my mum was a lying, Bobby Robson-faced whore. <laughs> I did really well in those exams, but it just meant I had to go to university, where I'd lose more summer days working for exams, and then decide to become a comedian, the hardest, most time-consuming job in the world. where I'd waste more summer days trying to hastily write Edinburgh shows and stupid weekly topical sketch shows based on my life that fucking strangers don't even like anyway and have bothered to write about on the internet. Whilst those kids who were cycling around back outside back in Cheddar in 1985 didn't get any qualifications and so are still out there. 42 years old, cycling around in the sunshine untroubled by the ambition that... Having getting A-levels in genders. I, I looked out my window in Shepherd's Bush at all the other Shepherd's Bush men lying around in the street smoking crack. And I, uh,
3: <laughs>
1: I envied them that freedom. I was so cross, I didn't do any work. I just stayed inside in my hot house playing Pac-Man on the Google homepage for four hours instead. <laughs> and uh, neither outside all working. I lost the both of the best worlds. And then I fell asleep. Uh, during uh, Junior Apprentice. I fell asleep on the sofa, which is kind of an odd thing to be half a week awake and half asleep, because it's Alan Sugar doing that show to loads of children. It's kind of like... It feels like a dream, where he's being rude. And of course, the kid who didn't have any qualifications uh, managed to get through, despite being the worst, because he obviously reminded Alan Sugar of himself. <laughs> anyway, uh, and the girl with the A-levels got kicked out. I wish I'd fucking been on The Apprentice when I was a kid. But anyway, uh, then I had an idea. Uh, uh, what if I went to bed on Saturday? I laid out when I went to bed. I laid out two sets of tiny elf clothes and filled two acorn cups with beer. Maybe some script writing elves would come and write the show for me, and I could go out and drink cider in the sun on Sunday. To, to be honest, uh, making the clothes and finding the acorn cups in the springtime did take up more time than it would have taken to just write the scripts. But a plan is a plan. I snuck down early Sunday morning, and this is what I saw.
5: Okay. Now all we have to do is write one more joke And then we can drink a tiny cup of beer Now, now of course from our perspective it is a normal cup of beer Yes <laughs> Then we can whisk back into our elf hole Before
6: our
1: you, hold it right there, tiny elves.
6: Um, sorry, actually, we are a normal size for elves. Um, <laughs> if anything, I'm above average elf size. Oh, sorry,
1: I didn't mean to offend you. No, what, what, sorry, sorry, what sorry, what are your names?
6: I am called Smallie. Smalley? Yeah, I was small when I was an elf baby when I was named, but then I, you know, I had a growth spurt. Okay. And <laughs> I am called Titsy. Oh.
5: I
1: like the uh, like the dwarf.
5: Oh. <gasps> how
6: dare you? Elves and dwarves are very different... Just because we're small, you think we're alike. Oh, that is so offensive to our people. No, it just there
1: was
5: a dwarf in the last series with that name, that's all. Titsy is an ancient elf name. Yeah. You are Elvis. I'm not Elvis.
3: <laughs> <laughs> anyway,
5: before. <laughs>
6: Just, you know, when he let himself go. Uh, yeah, he's been eating...
1: I not had a chance to exercise recently. But before you enjoy those acorn cups of beer, let's have a look at what you've written, check it's up to the usual high standards that are expected of A.I. Otoma.
6: A.I. Otoma. Uh, there's some great stuff in here. Yeah, I think this this joke will confound your expectations. Go on, Titsy, go so, on.
5: So this week, you might have noticed the UK has a new pair of mascots. You're not going to believe where this is going. <laughs> I, think, I think I've
1: think i got it already,
3: actually. No. I think you
5: know, a double of strange but identical looking cartoon-like figures
6: smiling
5: Smiling. at us inanely, but to which everyone has taken an immediate dislike. Uh, You
6: think she's talking about the new Olympic mascots, (laughs) don't you?
1: No, I don't really, because just describing the Olympic mascots wouldn't be a joke, would it? So the lead-up seems a bit contrived and strange. It seems an odd way of Saying this sentence indicate to me there's probably a twist coming around that it, it, there won't be any surprise because I'm expecting the twist.
6: So D- just wait. Okay. They
5: look, they look like two giant cocks which are about to jizz all over with excitement. Yeah, I think
6: you're in for quite a surprise when you find out. <laughs> well, Who's I'm she's gonna, about? I'm gonna
1: guess that it's Cameron and Clegg I'm just talking about. Right, uh, right. Anything else other than that will, will surprise me. If it isn't that, I will be very
5: surprised. <laughs> ridiculous sounding names. Not one really. is blue, blue and one is orange. Oh, yeah. They're going to lose the country millions of pounds and they'll both be finished and forgotten by and, 2013. 2013. Yeah, it's,
1: clear, it's clever what you've done.
5: Well, you probably think I am referring to the Olympic mascots. I, do, I, I don't think
1: that. I've, I knew from the beginning But in fact, a...
6: is we've combined two news stories, effectively satirising both the Olympics and uh, the Liberal Conservative Coalition. I call them the Condemnation.
5: Condemnation. Oh, 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 <laughs> the give me, uh, no, give like me the,
1: the script you've written condem- there. Just condem- hand that. Just yeah. hand, that's, a good, that's, a good, that's a good script you've oh, written there. Oh, oh, oh. no. No. <laughs> no. That's going in. And give me the acorn cups of beer and the clothes. Oh, they're, they're going don't. in the bin. I thought you magic script-writing elves would weave me an amazing and magical and original script. This is just obvious shit. I didn't think I'd get the hack script-writing elves when I put that oh, stuff out.
6: Well, there's a lot of competition with the elf script-writing stuff. Isn't there? <laughs> you just, you know, for just one day come and a cup of beer. What do you expect? Get out of here. Oh,
7: wait, wait give,
5: give us another chance. We could write a sketch about this. About our failure to live up to your <laughs> expectations.
6: Post-modern. I'm not yeah. sure.
1: I've already, but I already did one postmodern self-aware sketch at the beginning, analysing the way my sketches are written. I think it no, might be it can, overkill. Yeah, to do. but it could
6: become a theme. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> You're just saying that because you want an acorn cup of no, beer. You're no, a, no,
6: no, it's what we really think. Yeah, come it. on, Tessie. No, no. If this works out, this could be out in the break we need. We might get asked to write something for the telly.
5: Just, I, I just want to write for the telly.
6: Please let me write for the all right, telly. All right, all let's,
1: let's, right. I need to fill up some space. Let's give it a go.
6: Oh, uh, it's a deal. Now, I should warn you, though, uh, we're not very good at writing, you know, punchy endings. No. no, we tend to just let things drift Dip
5: off <laughs> and hope we get away with it. <sighs>
1: Yeah, thanks to, um, <laughs> thanks to Smalley and Titsy there for that wonderful <laughs> postmodern skit.
4: As it occurs to me, written by Els for an acorn cup of beer, which is way more than the casket paid. <laughs>
1: On Tunday, I'd been invited to take part in a discussion about offensiveness in comedy. It was a lively 105 minute debate and some interesting points were raised by the panel, but ultimately I couldn't help thinking that by even engaging with the subject, we were pandering to people who get offended by stuff and think that gives them a God-given right to be indignant and complain. I'm a comedian. Part of my job is to say stupid and contentious things. Usually, I've considered my reasons for doing so, uh, and I'm making some kind of brilliant satirical point, but sometimes it's just for the fun of saying something you're not supposed to say, knowing that 95% 95% of people in the world are intelligent enough to understand that and the other 5% are all child molesting cock faces who like to suck off hamsters. <laughs> But, by even attempting to defend myself, I, I became a nest state to become defensive. Uh, whatever I joke about, someone will be offended. On the way home, annoyingly too late for the debate, I came up with quite an interesting analogy for this dilemma uh, and and what these people are like. To help me explore that in quite a postmodern way, keeping with the theme. Will you please welcome the fictional character Michelle Constance, ladies and gentlemen. yeah. Hello. Hello, Michelle. Hello. What, so tell us your story.
2: Well, I, like 5% of people in Northern Europe, am lactose intolerant. Um, to put it simply, disaccharides uh, cannot be absorbed through the wall of my small intestine into my bloodstream. So, in the absence of lactase, lactose present in ingested dairy products um, remains uncleaved. Uncleaved. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And uh, sort of path is intact. Into my colon. Um, no, there's nothing funny about this.
1: It's a very serious concern. Yes,
2: I mean, it leads to the production of copious amounts of gas in, inside me, resulting in stomach cramps. A bloating and flatulence.
1: Flatulence, yeah, it sounds like an awful condition, which isn't at all funny.
2: No, 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 it isn't. There's, there's nothing funny about flatulence. There and uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it is milk, Richard. It's the cause of all this distress to me, and that is why I have started a campaign to ban and outlaw milk forever.
1: So you want to make milk illegal?
2: No, not, not just illegal, Richard. I, I want all of it destroyed, <laughs> uh, burned up in a big fire. Uh, I mean, how can our society allow milk to exist when one in 20 people will become flatulent if, if they consume it, gather up the whorish milk and, and burn it.
1: Do you really have to burn it? I mean, it's gonna smell quite, it's not a fish, it's gonna smell, isn't you know, it? It's,
2: it's the only way to get rid of the disgusting milk, Richard, and not just milk, any food stuff containing this white poison, butter, cheese, ice cream. Mini milk? Yes.
3: They
2: would have to go. Dairyly dunkers. But they would all go. cheese yes, strings. They'd all go, yeah. yes. And, and of course- Milky bars? They yes, go. they would go, yes. <laughs> and of course, yoghurt.
1: No, no, you cannot ban yoghurt. I love yoghurt, no more than the average person, but still.
2: Yeah, but, but if 5% of people in this country ate a yoghurt, then they would become bloated and flatulent. The only course of action to prevent this awful, gut gassy build-up is to ban milk.
1: Wouldn't it be easier for the 1 in 20 people who are lactose intolerant to just avoid no, more milk? No,
2: no, no, it wouldn't, because we would know the milk was still out there waiting for us, ready to pounce. Cork up the udders, seal up the mammary glands. What if some milk got in our mouths accidentally? How would that
1: happen? So how would it, how would it accidentally? Well, well, how would it accidentally get in there?
2: Well, there was that time in Milton Keynes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, and what if it did?
1: if a bit got in. Say, a woman, a lactating woman, accidentally yes. squirted some in your face.
2: Well, that, that did. That,
1: you'd just get a little bit bloated. Yes. so it wouldn't be that bad. Well, would it?
2: That, actually, I'm glad you brought that up because that did happen once, and I had a terrible rash all over my breasts yeah. and sort of down the rear of. That's, that's more than
1: a splash. really that. It sounds like. <laughs> That sounds like you deliberately courted the milk. You get bloated, that, it wouldn't be that bad. Would it?
2: No, it wouldn't be. No, it, it, it's not a risk that I'm prepared to take. The only sensible option is to ban all milk.
1: Look, even though 95% of people enjoy milk with no negative consequences. Yes it's none of your business they can drink milk eat products with milk in it and they, if they wish they, people can fill up a bath full of yoghurt and splash around in it massaging it into their anal cleft if they want to do that how dare
2: you talk to me with your milk based perversions it's so offensive no it isn't
1: just because you're intolerant it doesn't mean everyone has to be
3: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> you've certainly shown up my stupidity <laughs> You're right about everything, I know. Richard Herring. <laughs> and you a kind of visionary genius. Yeah, it's,
1: uh... It's like a clever satirical attack on uh, general intolerance through the use of lactose intolerance. That's a call, if you will, to live and let live, to show tolerance to everyone. Ironically, I realised during the course of writing that sketch that I actually fucking hate the lactose intolerant. Uh, they're the scum of the earth and should be wiped out. Uh, if you can't digest milk properly, it's the most basic food stuff on earth, then I don't think there's any place for you here. You should go. You should either be killed or chemically castrated and so you can't pass this thing on to their future generations and uh, then be kept in cages in zoos where you're force-fed milk and then get bloated and fart and belch for the amusement of small milk tolerant children and anyone going into that zoo will have to drink some milk to prove they can tolerate milk so that none of the kind of freakish milk I haven't really thought that bit through. Anyway, hunt down the lactose intolerant, stop them breeding, or we might have to live in a future world where the lactose intolerant rule over us in a planet of the lactose intolerant. It's not the norm, stop us eating yogurts. Go for it, Billy.
4: As it occurs to me, we are champions of tolerance. We can tolerate anything except for the lactose intolerant. If you can't digest lactation We don't want you in this nation This is a land of milk and honey And if you can't drink milk then that's not funny You will only be able to eat honey Like some kind of intolerant bee Intolerant bee Your laws do not apply to me If the juice of a memory Makes you bloat and get all stammery If the produce of an udder Makes you fart and shudder Then as far as I'm concerned You and your children should be spurned I don't want to change the world I'm not looking for just looking for another girl Who can tolerate lactic acid I am the milkman of human kindness I will leave you an extra pint And force you to drink it, you lactose intolerant fascist scum Billy Bragg, that was Billy Bragg, that was actually Billy Bragg
1: after my sixth music show with Andrew Collins, we both headed down to Broadcasting House to join the crowd protesting against the ridiculous closure of this inexpensive and unique station that only a bone-headed, tiny, cocked cretin with breath that smelt of rancid clams could think of closing down. Especially whilst their corporation is still making crap like coming of age. I mean, I... Anyway, I sometimes, uh, I sometimes think that a wheelie bin full of chicken feet and seaweed would be better at running the BBC <laughs> than that fucking idiot Mark Thompson. Though. um... Thanks to him and his minions for agreeing to allow me to allow me to do my eight, uh, Radio Four uh, series in the autumn. Thanks for that. <laughs> anyway, it was uh, it was a sunny day and a carnival atmosphere, and Andrew and me actually got to address the crowd. Tiny Andrew Collings though seemed agitated. <laughs> that was a good show, Andrew. My favourite bit uh, this week was when I said "jism," uh, but nobody except you noticed. That oh, was my no, favourite no. bit.
7: shut up, Richard. I'm not oh, your hey. friend. <laughs> we have a working relationship. I-, I don't want to have to talk to you off air. Oh. Oh, look, there's Ed Byrne from the mobile phone ads. Hello, Ed. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) He's my real friend. Him, Adam Buxton, Jarvis Cocker, Kiefer Sutherland. your friend. You've met him, isn't (laughs) (laughs) it? No, the man from inside the gorilla suit in the Mighty Boots. Proper famous people. I'm sorry I'm not famous enough for you. don't mess this up, today, Richard, today. It's very important we save six music. We have to save six music. I need this. I mean, Britain needs this. I, I agree, Andrew, but
1: there's loads of supporters here. There's a good chance of us making a difference. You don't have to get so agitated. Well,
7: we have to save six music. Don't you understand? We have to save... Stop s- grabbing uh,
2: at me. You're hurting uh, me. What's so, wrong?
7: our next speakers have
2: made the six music Saturday morning, slot their own. Of course, until Adam and Joe want to come back, that is. Uh, it's Richard Herring and Tiny. Andrew Collins! Oh. Yeah,
3: hello!
7: Yay. Hello! Hello, fans. Yeah, it's me, Andrew Collins. Sort of about oh yeah, brilliant, it's Andrew Collins. He's my favourite dick. Okay, no, come on, hush down now, people in the crowd saying all that about me. It isn't about me, Andrew Collins. Even though, you know, you'll have heard me sitting in for various pregnant DJs at 4 a.m. <laughs> Over the last five or six months, you know, but no, actually, come on, no At this point, I, you know, I, I want to scotch the rumours That I, I've been going round to the six music DJs' houses With a turkey baster And, you know, I'm trying to artificially impregnate them So that I can deputise for them That is not, not true at all That is a libel I have not been doing that And the sticky substance that Sean Keevney found over his <laughs> Found over his anus No, come on was probably ectoplasm. <laughs> From a ghost. Aside, it wasn't. It was my creamy spoon. Oh. Water down like
3: a... like
1: a
7: pill.
3: Ooh.
1: Andrew, uh, do I, we're doing... <laughs> what are you
7: doing? We should talk about six... Minutes. I know, I know, I know. Oh, God, shut up, Richard. This not about you, it's about six music. Anyway, I love six music, aside, I don't. I think it's shit. <laughs> And it's the only place I get to hear the less commercial music that I love. Aside, I don't even like that music. It's all guitars. I really like Cheryl Cole and the X Factor singles. And it is for the re- those reasons and no other reasons that I think we should save six music. Aside, no it isn't. I only want to save it because it's the only radio station that will employ me. And if, if it stops, I'll have no money to spend on homeopathic medicine. And duck whores. And Andrew,
1: I keep mentioning this to you. Huh. Um, when you just say a sign, yeah. that doesn't stop people hearing you oh. know, they hear it. They can still hear the six music fans, are so they're becoming agitated.
7: Ah boo! Ah fuck you! <laughs> Fuck you, six music listeners. You're just a bunch of stupid 40-something nerds that should grow up and listen to Radio 2 like you're supposed to. I'm only using you to further my career. I'm ruthlessly ambitious like Patrick Barber or Peter Kane. I will not stop until I've achieved my ultimate dream of presenting a Channel 5 show where drunken, insomniac viewers gamble on roulette watching the ball spinning round. Watching the ball spinning round. Listening, listening to the ball spin, spinning round
1: John. Yeah, only I'm allowed to do that, oh. Andrew. And also, I broke the CD last week, so it, so it, doesn't, oh. it
7: doesn't exist anymore. And I don't care who oh, I have to step on to make my dreams come true. Aside, all you sex music friends... Have, oh, shit, I've done it the wrong way around.
4: Aboo! Close sex music down! No, uh,
7: Andrew Collins
1: was just joking
3: there.
1: <laughs> uh, he's not really an egotistical monster obsessed with fame and famous people above all else. That is a libel that is not true. He's just a down-to-earth Northampton, Northampton boy Hampton. who knows he got lucky. <laughs> uh, he's delighted with even the pathetically small listenerships he gets.
7: Ah, oh, yes. ha <laughs> it was a funny joke. It's one of me, my funny DJ characters, Mr. Angry. <laughs> Same six music, really. Hooray for Tiny Andrew Collins! Seriously, please, save it. I need this, please. I'll do anything, anything. I won a Sony Award in 1995. (laughs) Don't let six music die, or I shall most surely die with it.
4: (laughs) As it occurs to me, a stream of consciousness pouring into a river of shit. So,
1: anyway, it's time to go and meet our audience. If I can see them a little bit better, that would help me to weed out the people who are clearly not uh, capable of speaking live (laughs) on a podcast, as live uh, on a podcast. So, yes, uh, to find out if anything exciting or funny has happened to anyone here tonight, put your hand up if that's you, if you've got a funny story. Yes, right over here, straight away, sir. I got too much sun at the weekend. Yeah, you got too much sun at the weekend? I have weird head scabs. And you've got weird (laughs) head scabs. (laughs) Yeah that's, you've got weird head scabs, that's probably uh, skin cancer, you're probably going (laughs) to die, but it's good we're having a laugh about it, it's good that we can laugh, go and get that checked out, you'll probably be alright, wear a hat next time. Uh, So good, Um, good to know anyone else, (laughs) are you still drunk now, yes good, Uh, he still is, what's your name sir? Dave. Dave, that's Dave there, big shout out to Dave who has got drunk and got the sun on his head, like a proper Englishman, Uh, anyone else, (laughs) what? (laughs) <laughs> Whatever. Uh, you know what you are. Who's got the stone of scorn? Oh, it's in Scotland. Uh, yes, hello. Uh, um, I walked into a flat which I share with people. You walked into a flat that you share with people. That's a good start. This story could have gone on. I walked into a flat where I was, didn't belong. I saw some wonderful things. What? And yes, what happened next? I the kitchen and one of my flatmates was
3: genuinely watching porn on his laptop.
6: Yeah.
1: <laughs> he went to the kitchen where one of his flatmates was warning, watching porn in the kitchen on a laptop and laughing at the porn. Yeah,
3: everyone's having
1: dinner. Yeah. Did he expect <laughs> you to join in with him in this? Is this, this, this what the laugh, was it? Was the laugh like ah? Was it? Ah, 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 come on in to the kitchen. Look at look what I've got under the table. He was, was on the table. Sort of like join me in the spectacle. He wanted you to join in with the yeah, spectacle. And did you join in with him or you is that him next to you? I went to my room and cried. You went to your room and cried.
3: <laughs>
1: this is a good example of the kind of story that we probably shouldn't be telling on the podcast. You see, what's your flatmate's name?
3: Oh, Efrain. Sure.
1: Efrain? Yeah. Oh nice, what's his last name?
3: <laughs>
1: You're leaving the flat. I didn't hear what it was. Efrain Lopez probably it was. So there we go. Probably, eh? Spanish, eh? Do you hate them? Do you hate them? The Spanish? Yeah, you racist. Um, uh, Anyone else got an amusing story? We've got plenty of time. Hello, sir. Uh, I found out last
5: week, actually, that my great-nana Nelly christened me and I didn't know I'm a Catholic. Oh, you got christened you didn't
1: know and your great-grandma Nelly Nelly, uh, christened you and you're a Catholic. What did you think you were, sir? Atheist. You thought you were an atheist? They don't. You don't really get that. You know that like, they don't christen you for that. So, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's quite good to get to adulthood not realising you were a Catholic, because it means you didn't have to meet any of the priests at any point on the way, on the way up. So you'll be one of the rare unscarred Catholics. Stuff. You could become a priest and meet... Oh dear, it's, it's, it's just in their... Oh dear, he said, could I become a priest and meet young boys? It's just in their blood, that's it. The minute you're in that font and you believe that that, that wine is really some blood rather than metaphorical, that's it, you, just beca- you become a paedophile. And I don't, care, I don't care if anyone disagrees with that. I don't care if anyone's offended by that generalisation that all Catholics are paedophiles. <laughs> Anyone else got a story? We'll go for one or two more, maybe. We'll see. Have anyone got something extraordinary happens Hello, sir, right at the end. Um, I saw your doppelganger attacking a bus. You saw my doppelganger <laughs> attacking a bus. Yeah. It was me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it Nick Frost or was it Charlie
3: Borman.
1: Charlie Borman? You saw actually Charlie Borman attacking yeah. a bus? No, there
3: were some school children a builder who exactly like you. And out of his car and
1: the bus. Wow! <laughs> so a man who looks like me, who's a builder, said, <laughs> was atta- "It wasn't me. It just wasn't. I would not never attack a bus full of children." Wow, that's quite a good story. Are you? Are you sure that happened? Was that? Was that in sleepy time or in real time that happened? In
3: Knightsbridge
1: on the bus. In Knightsbridge on the bus. A builder in Knightsbridge who looks like me attacked a bus full of children. Did he kill any of the children? Did they? Kick the, the, the king the size of the buck that's what I'd do if I was like I do what they said if any of those children are listening or the builder we can get him in see how much he looks like me if you're the builder who looks like me do uh,
3: <coughs> write in we'll get you on next week
1: and one, one more non-mental thing from the, from the audience so we've got one more anyone got a nice story just something nice that's happened to them I promise I won't take the piss out of you hello yes I finished my You finished your degree today? This is how you've celebrated. What's your degree in? In drama, just drama, <laughs> yeah. yeah. that's just going just drama, that's kind of the recognition that it's a worthless piece. You know, uh, the, day, the day I finished my degree, and this is true, uh, TV's Emma Kennedy, she was called Emma Williams in those days, uh, she uh, brought, came to the, uh, the, the school where we'd done, we'd done the exams, and most people brought a sh- bottle of champagne, that's a nice thing to do because you're having a bit of champagne. It's kind of fun. She brought a bottle of whiskey, a big bottle of whiskey. <laughs> which and it, we finished at like 5.30, I then proceeded to drink three quarters of the bottle of whiskey plus some champagne in the next two hours. Uh, and then I found myself in the college toilet, sitting on the toilet and, and puking onto the floor. Just there was a big sea of puke in front of me and I just knew I should be in the toilet, but I'd sort of sat down to throw up on the floor. Uh, and then I kind of went, I nearly went for a curry after doing that to drink some more. Something in me, some little voice in me said, um, go home, go home, Rich. And I woke up the most hungover I've ever been. And I think I was probably, you know, minutes away from death at that point, thanks to Emma Kennedy. So uh, I hope something similar happens to you tonight. What you did, you came to see a poorly worked out stand-up and sketch show. Are you going to get drunk later on? No. No. You're going home? home. Was there an exam? Did you all just have to get up and go, I'm a tree.
4: Uh, Just that...
1: You've blocked it out. Yeah. Do you, what do you think you've passed? No, it's hard to fail, isn't it? I'm <laughs> saying, try. I'm not being rude. I mean, I did history. It's, you know, that's difficult. But um...
3: <laughs>
1: pardon. But I got a 2-1 in uh, modern, modern history from Oxford University. And, uh, I was so... Uh, I didn't do any work at all, so I must be really no. clever. I was so disgusted that I managed to get that good a degree that I refused to go and pick it up. I am the most famous graduate in the United Kingdom. That is someone who has graduated but not yet picked up their degree. We're laughing and learning tonight, aren't we? Man, it's me still learning. <laughs> learning... Yeah, I went to Oxford. What, you got a problem with uh, it? So, um, anyway, good. Now, that's really killed the atmosphere. Um, yes, I am very clever. What, do you prefer to just go around pretending I'm a fucking idiot all the time? Is that what you want? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: I am. I just but I went out with some girls and some girls who had very good notes. I was very clever. I was like a gigolo.
2: Yeah he
3: thinks he <laughs> didn't
2: have one fucking girl
3: anyway, yeah.
2: <laughs> anyway I went into their flat and just went through
1: their stuff <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. anyway what's happened to you Emma
2: any, any well, more stories I, uh, uh, my attention was drawn to the fact that somebody wrote a message in your guest book Richard, uh, making a request for a poo-based anecdote from me,
3: (laughs) 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 because it's
2: been too long long, uh, (laughs) since I gave a poo-based anecdote, (laughs) (laughs) and um, by sheer happen chance this week I've got one. Yeah, yeah. So I was at a dinner party and I happened to find myself sitting next to Agneta from Abba's next door neighbour. (laughs) <laughs> and of course you know you're never going to be in this situation again so I just I just went straight for the jugular and I asked the question that I think we all wanted to ask which is is it true about Agneta and her stalker and the bucket of poo and for those of you who don't know this story Agnetta from ABBA who's the blonde one for those of you who aren't Art Nardo's, she, she went a bit weird and, you know, after the band split up and she became a bit of a recluse. So much so that she actually started going out with her own stalker. Which, you know, you'd like to think, wouldn't you, if you've got friends, that they'd say, you know, he's your stalker, don't, don't go out with him. That's, that's not what you should do. But she did, she went out with him for 18 months. And then, obviously, they split up because she obviously came to her senses and realised that he was a weird stalker. But then he carried on stalking her for another (laughs) two years and the police were involved and they went round to his house and he had buckets of her poo that he'd been saving up. (laughs) And this And so I said to this man he's called Freddie, I said, Freddie, you know, I've heard this story. Is it true? And he went, Oh, yes. (laughs) And that is my poo-based anecdote. Celebrity
1: poo. The poo of
2: a celebrity poo.
1: How did he get the poo? Did she give it willingly or was it surrogatively I don't know. Because I I live on a weird
2: archipelago... Do you say archipelago or is it archipelago? How how do you pronounce that word? Archipelago. Where I think, like, you know, the sewage system is a bit...
1: And He could pick out the ones. that <laughs> He <work>. could <can> pick <laughs> out, he pick out the best. Mine. Yeah. Did he just give her a lot of sweet yeah. corn every knowing day? Knowing me, day so you
3: go out. yeah. I don't. I don't eat
1: it. No, knowing
2: not. me, Super knowing poo. <laughs> that was it.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. I missed it Dan, I'll listen to it I said um, super I'll... pooper, that's what I said <laughs> I'll
1: listen back, you didn't have to say yeah. it again I'll just listen back to the podcast <laughs> I won't, I don't listen to it shit
3: <laughs> uh,
1: Anyway let's um, Christian Reilly has written an amusing song for us like Barbara Dixon, so will you please welcome Christian
6: Riley? <laughs> <Yay!
1: clears throat> uh, I've been following this news story about uh, you know Barack Obama cancelled NASA's plan to build a space station on the moon put the money somewhere else. Buzz Aldrin thinks it's a good idea. Neil Armstrong thinks it's a bad idea, but nobody's asked the
4: important question. What does poet, campaigner, and godfather of political rap music, Gil Scott Heron, think? (laughs) I pay my taxes like everyone else, and Whitey is not on the moon. Surely he should be on Mars by now, but Whitey is not even on the moon. We can put a black man in the White House, but we can't put one little Whitey on the moon. Just don't seem right. I bust my ass, filing and paying my tax for what? So whitey you just go to the moon a couple of times and then say, Well, that's it for my white ass, I done been to the moon Ain't no sense going any further, it's getting a little bit cold out here And my stomach grows tired of all this white ass space food Fuck that, get yourself to outer space, blast up out of my face Hubble telescope always be broken, space shuttles always exploding, and if all that crap weren't enough, when I look around, Whitey abounds, when you should be at a countdown. Why can't he bend the space-time continuum yet? Get as far away from me as he can get. Seek out new life and new civilizations to oppress. But oh no, Whitey can't even be fucked dragging his cracker ass out of the command module and doing one goddamn little Whitey spacewalk these days. (laughs) Why don't you take one giant leap for black mankind and get your white behind to the moon? Wiley is not on the moon.
0: Sunday.
1: Uh, Last night, I was doing my monthly gig at the Lyric Hammersmith, along with Rufus Hound, Rich Hall and Stuart Lee, who i would revealed some pretty interesting secrets about in the first half of this show, which are only available to people who bought tickets to come and see us live. So come on down, we're doing shows here at the Leicester Square Theatre for the next four weeks, and then at the Bloomsbury on the 28th of June and 5th of July. uh, While we're plugging stuff to Londoners, you can come and see me doing a reading from my new book, How Not to Grow Up, at Waterstones on Gower Street on Wednesday. Uh, Anyway, the gig, Last night had been fun. Uh, that was a great gig, uh, Stu. Well done. Yeah, thanks, Rich. I love the way he, um, <laughs> I love the way you just repeated the same word over and over again for forty minutes with just a slightly different inflection. That is brilliant. Uh, you deserve to be voted the twelfth best comedian of all time.
0: Where did you come in the list of best comedians? Uh, they, um, I think they. <laughs> They decided to take my name off the list to give
1: the other comedians a chance. Right. Yeah. yeah. Your act's brilliant, though. I think the only thing that could improve it is for a short, plumpish man to run on, maybe wearing a big daddy costume or something,
0: and then to say some actual jokes and stuff. Yeah, well, you know, I'll definitely give that some thought, maybe, <laughs> after my next TV series. I wish I was on TV. Mm. What, what are you up to these days? Oh, well,
1: I'm doing a podcast. It's like uh, the new television, but better. Um... <laughs> Would you like? Would you like to be on my podcast
0: sometime? No, no, I would not. <laughs> Andrew Collins really wanted to be on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've all got our Andrew Collins, haven't we? <laughs> I used to have oh no, 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 I shouldn't.
3: Who was who? Who was your
0: Andrew Collins? There's no one, just some some bloke at college, right. Richard Merring. I don't I don't remember him. No, he, no, he wouldn't. Know.
1: Anyway, uh, I better go on my bike, go home and write the show. There's a lot to, to do. Unless you want to come back with me. I've got uh, that ventriloquist dummy no. still. No. <laughs> my bike what's happened to my bike I couldn't believe it I'd chained up my rubbishy old bike under a street lamp in a busy part of Hammersmith but whilst we've been doing the show someone had stolen the front wheel and the saddle who would do such a thing they must have a black market value of almost three pounds the saddle even had a big rip in the side of it it was useless who would want my front wheel and my saddle Was it someone hoping to build their own quite rubbish unicycle with a much too big wheel and much too short saddle? Uh, Was it one of my many female fans wanting to get that saddle home to sniff it and imagine the things that had touched it and rubbed up against it and also taken the front wheel for some reason as well. Was it Stuart Lee jealous of me because of my internet success while he's stuck performing on the old 20th century medium of television? Or was he giving himself an excuse to give me a lift home, get get invited in for a coffee so he could pick up where he'd left off at the Edinburgh Fringe 1987? Uh, People here know what I'm talking about. I I said to him, I can't believe someone would do
0: this. It's amazing. You're taking this very... Well
1: Yeah, well, the funny thing is, the weird thing is, I don't really have many ideas for this week's podcast. I reckon I can get five minutes out of this, so every cloud. Uh, did I tell
0: you about the time I got my iPhone stolen? Yes. Yeah. Are you going to include this conversation in the sketch? Yeah, I am. Mm, It's quite postmodern. That's uh, stuff
1: I'm into this week. Doing everything's got like a postmodern theme. Mm, Really,
0: because I've moved on from that. (laughs) Most of the good non-elf scripted comedians are doing post-postmodern stuff now. In fact, I have moved on to (laughs) post-post-postmodern stuff.
1: Please let me be on your TV (laughs) show. No,
0: no. Come on, I'll give you and your half a bike a lift home. (laughs) Thanks, Jim. It's the least I could do. Do you think I'd leave you crying <laughs> when there's room in my car for two? It's <laughs> <That's laughs> nice, you know. You know, I think. I think what's happened now,
1: just this, this might make quite a good sketch for your TV no. show, Stuart Lee's comedy vehicle. No, I, mean, I could play myself. It's
0: not really Nick, interesting. Maybe enough. Nick
1: Frost could play me. <laughs> <laughs> well, from money, from keeps yeah. two He mm, could be me
0: initially. No, it's not really interesting enough to be a Skerchridge.
1: In your opinion. <laughs> anyway, that was, uh, that was an annoyance to end on the day and uh, to top it off, when I got back home, I was sick in my own mouth. But, uh, <laughs> but I really want to find out who stole my wheel and my saddle, so do keep your eyes open. If anyone tries to sell you a really shit bike wheel and an even more shitter saddle for three pounds, then get in touch.
2: No need, Richard. I have your bike saddle and your bike wheel But who are you? It's me, too The Anglo-Saxon god of <laughs> war and law Maybe I thought you'd be a bit more impressive than this No, I am not The Anglo-Saxons were easily impressed So why have you gone and vandalised my bike? Because I had seen your half-written sketch And knew you were planning to take the piss out of me I well deserve to have Tuesday named after me, pal I'm easily as good as Woden and Saturn, and I am way better than Frigg. You leave Frigg alone, she's <laughs> my best one. And to show you my immense power, I paid some unemployed elves two acorn cups full of beer to steal your front wheel and your saddle.
1: You're a god, though. Couldn't you have just stolen the whole bike? No,
2: it was delocked. I am not that powerful. If you just taken off the front wheel and put it through the D-lock, I would only have the saddle. The torn, rubbish, pungent-smelling saddle.
1: So you you had a little smell then? Oh yes. Uh, (laughs) It's easy to be wise in hindsight, isn't it? All right, I'm sorry I mocked you. You're quite a good god. give, Give me my stuff back.
2: No! I am going to use my Anglo-Saxon forces to send your bike wheel flying out into space, and then I am going to fire your saddle at it like a homing missile, and the whole thing will be destroyed. And you'll either have to buy a new bike or get replacement parts.
3: Not that
1: bigger punishment is. I'll give you, I'll give you, um, I'll give you three quid for the ones you've
2: got. Mm, that I'll take four. Three. No! <laughs> Launch the spinning wheel now. <laughs> <laughs>
3: right,
1: you know, got a count
2: down. Nice Look on. at it spinning nice. round. Now fire the saddle. That is what that's what? the saddle. That sound.
1: The, the sound that sounds like a hoover, hoovering up. That's the.
2: Yes.
1: That seems contrived.
2: Well, it's post-post post post Martin. Take that, Stuart Lee! There, it is destroyed. Do you promise to treat Tuesday with the sanctity it deserves from now on?
1: Yes, I do, Chew. In fact, after this show, I intend to spend the whole of Tuesday in bed, asleep. So, uh, <laughs> see you next week, everyone. I'm sorry. Bye! <laughs> and a
0: occurs for me, it was written and performed by Richard Herring with me, Dan Tettel, TV's and Riley did all the musical bits, and it was produced by Ben Walker. With thanks to Damien Coldwell, Kelly Enfield, Alice Russell, Rob Sedbeer, and everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre. A special thanks to Orange Mark and British Comedy Guy. This is an Avalon Sky Potato Fuzz Coagulation. Yeah.